Mic check, mic check. Where the f is my check? You now tuned in to do rags and boat shoes. Alright, let me go ahead and get this turned down. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy A Double. You're now tuned into episode 185 of Do Rags and Boat Shoes. Much love and respect to everybody who listened to episode 184. I know I'm a little bit late, a couple weeks late, but shit, we here. We here. You rocking with the best. Uh, what's been going on with me? A whole bunch of nothing. Uh, getting my pool ready, getting my yard ready for the summer. Um, you know, uh, this uh, summer body is not up to par, but uh, I'm going to make it do what it do. I'm going to be out here Rick Ross and it like I always do every summer. So I ain't tripping about that at all. Hopefully y'all been good. Uh, my family's been good. Uh, we just been, uh, you know, just doing the whole family thing and uh, making it do what it damn do. All right. So um, let's go ahead and get started on that good old summer damn jam screen. Let me pull up my notes real quick so if y'all could just bear with me. Uh, the other day, I felt bad for this kid at Walmart. Uh, I was delivering at uh, Walmart. Y'all know I'm a truck driver. So I was delivering to this Walmart out in Millard. And um, there was a, I had to walk through the, I had to walk through the front of the store because wasn't nobody answering the door uh, to let me in in the back. So I had to walk around through the front after I called and phone just kept ringing and ringing. So I walked through the front customer service was busy as hell so i just trying to started walking around looking for a manager and there was this kid working he was uh pulling orders you know how you do the online pickup so they just have basically you know personal shoppers that seemed like a cake-ass job you just walking around the store with a big ass uh like two-tiered cart and you just bagging up groceries you just ringing it up right then and there uh bagging shit up and um and you know substituting stuff out if it's out and uh, shit like that it just seems like I, I would have loved a job like that in like high school that shit would have been cake but uh there was a kid working i say kid he probably was like early 20s and uh, a guy about his same age with his girlfriend walks up to him you know and he was asking him about you know how come uh he dropped out of college and stuff and he was like hey you know i used to have classes with you and blah 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 i was wondering where you went and da 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 and you know, the Walmart kid, he kind of looked kind of shamefaced, you know, and he was a couple white kids. But um, so, you know, they got the complexion for the protection. Um, but I, I still felt bad for the kid because it was just, you know, it was just so smug. You know, he was there with his girlfriend. He was just trying to shame him and stuff. And like, yeah, we had this class together and blah, 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 blah. He like introduced him to his girlfriend and shit like that. Like, this is such and such. I used to have class with him. And it was just it just rubbed me the wrong way like it was just in that brief moment like his face was turning beet red and that kind of remind me of a couple of situations i had like when i graduated high school i just went straight to work i started working i got you know i the college thing it just wasn't for me even though i went later on but 
it just you know i just got tired of being poor i wanted some money in my pocket you know what i'm saying so i'm working and doing hand-to-hand things too you know a little side hustling and shit like that and then i really started hustling a little bit later a couple years after high school but uh yeah i started working at target and uh you know there was a few people i went to high school with and they would just come in there and you know we 18 19 years old and uh you know they come in just acting a fool and shit trying to clown me oh you didn't go to college oh man look at you man you working at target and i remember one time i was uh i was zoning that's what they call you know facing the store you know straightening up the shelves and stuff at the end of the night and uh a girl i went to high school with she comes up to me she's like hey how's it going and blah 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 and you know all this other stuff and then you know we just catching up and her boyfriend walks up you know who i went to uh high school with also and he's just like shouldn't you be helping us find something you know shouldn't you be doing this i'm just like nigga for real i'm like nigga kill yourself i didn't say kill yourself but i was like nigga please that's what i said to him and he just kind of kind of smugly uh brushed me off but i've always had instances like that where i was working a job and you know somebody's trying to shame me for not going to college i remember uh working for a soda company this was shit what am I? Yeah, this was about 15, 16 years ago. This was when I was about 21. Yeah, I was about 2021, 20, and I was working uh, for a soda company. And uh, I was delivering sodas to uh, the college, UNO. And there was a few guys that, you know, I went to high school with that was in there. They was like, oh man, you, de- you delivering soda, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, trying to rag me and give me a hard time and shit. And, you know some of these guys is working retail now you know niggas is almost you know 40 years old and they struggling you know so i'm i mean i felt for the kid um don't ever let anybody try to shame you just for working you know what i'm saying there's so many broke folks out here with degrees running around here in all kinds of debt you know suffering but if you can you know stomach it and go do a trade or something like that or you know be a commercial uh driver like myself you know it's some good money in that it's some really good money especially if you can go cross country you know if you ain't tied down with anything so don't let anybody shame you for just going into the workforce you can absolutely do that you can go get a trade you know a certification you know be a plumber an electrician get into the, one of those programs uh, you can jump into construction and be a general labor. And, you know, if you're a general labor in uh, construction, a lot of times they'll put you on game, like help you out as far as, you know, being a crane operator and uh, things like that. Or you can work your way up to foreman. Um, you know, it's just about, you know, just being eager on the job. And, you know, they'll put you through all the training. And a lot of times the uh, the uh, company you pay for it, um, a lot of times you'll have to do like a um like a uh, labor guarantee where you'll have to basically if you get this certification you'll have to work for this company this long or you'll have to pay back you know the classes that it took to get you to certified and to do excuse me this that and the third there's a few jobs like um they will teach you like different warehouse jobs like a lot of these um uh a lot of these uh like food warehouses there's a lot of warehouses here in omaha just because we're in the middle of the map and it's so easy to get you know north south east and uh west too but a lot of times those food warehouses out west they'll be kind of in the you know the um the west side of like colorado uh, maybe even even uh in the uh like that panhandle tip of oklahoma 
and things like that and uh so a lot of times people will work at like these food warehouses and they'll get certified as a forklift driver so if you're working at this food warehouse and you're making 15 16 bucks an hour as a forklift driver you get that certification from that job you know after 90 days or six months or whatever it takes you can take your ass to a different warehouse and you making you know 19 to you know 23 dollars an hour you know uh being a forklift operator so it's just all about what kind of hustle you're trying to get into but there's nothing wrong with working there's nothing wrong with um doing a trade and uh for my college folks i'm not trying to you know look at y'all like you know you some uppity ass niggas but you know the purpose of college is to either come out with the skill in your hand or a scheme in your head that's what dr claude anderson always says about that but um let me keep it pushing though yeah that just kind of brought back all these memories that I, I forgot i had just seeing that white boy kind of be you know berated like that just kind of real smugly you know by some kid who was still in college and you know another kid you don't know what the fuck he had going on at home you know what his living situation was you know where he just had to work could have just dropped out for a semester or some shit like that who knows but uh hopefully that kid can keep on pushing and you know work towards his dreams and his goals and make it happen um but uh let's see what else going on that good old summer jam screen summer damn jam screen uh man did you see this uh this been following this podcast beef like i kind of peep game on different podcasts and shit like that and i just kind of study their moves and shit like that i didn't necessarily listen to the joe button podcast but um i would see clips and things like that and uh yeah it looks like he uh fired one of his co-hosts and the other one went with him so uh let me reframe let me get back to my correct train i thought i heard a noise so i had to stop recording for a second but um so joe button fired his uh co-host rory and then uh maul just was like nah this shit ain't right so i'm gonna go ahead and you know uh bail you know i'm gonna quit you know so uh i guess what happened was you know joe button is always preaching about you know the creator's own you know everything and blah 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 they need more power when it comes to these companies trying to buy up uh podcasts and things like that so you got like spotify title um i don't know if there's any apple exclusive ones but i know facebook is trying to work on something right now and then uh they inked a deal the joe button podcast inked a deal with patreon and i guess it was a lot of money uh i think it was was tens of millions of dollars i believe um and so uh you know they wanted to uh they were asking to you know look at the accounting because they're profit partners they're not salaried so basically they're getting paid off the profit or whatever and so it's split you know and i guess a percentage or whatever and these these dudes was, and i listened they had a paid vimeo podcast where they told their side of the story because joe just kind of fired them on air and just it was weird he went on a rant and then just said we're done and I don't know if he's still doing the show or if he, you know, using two new people, but these guys kind of built it up. But if you remember when the Joe Budden podcast first started, he had uh, Rosenberg, Paul Rosenberg from Hot 97 and Marissa Mendez. And then, you know, he kind of barked on them and kind of burnt that bridge and, you know, brought Rory on and brought Maul on later on. And then they kind of built it up into this whole big thing where they were so big where they were doing like tours of the podcast and things like that so getting kind of that ticket revenue and uh shit like that so they were doing good but the few episodes that i listened to with uh all three of them uh them cats 
it just you know joe seemed really disrespectful to them you know just very you know it, you could tell that joe button never worked like a regular nine to five job that he ain't never been in a position of power before um just because of how he was how he was acting towards them and i'm like damn this y'all friend is just like with a friend like that who needs enemies you know what i'm saying it was just like some of the shit he was doing was just kind of yeah you know a little cringy and uh this was like you know years ago i was listening to a few episodes and um yeah so now we're to this point where you know those guys were asking to see the accounting and all this other shit and it was just some funny style shit where they really didn't want to show the numbers and uh then uh joe told rory to you know don't you know don't come to the show and then uh but he still wanted maul to come and i don't think he wanted maul to come because that's big's brother from uh you know rockefeller records so it was dame's dame biggs and jay-z who started that rockefeller records and so maul is big's little brother and so uh i know joe always wanted to try to get close to jay-z so he'll do anything in his power to try to get close to hove and and shit like that and then joe this was funny he told a story about how he felt like maul wasn't his friend because years ago when uh joe button was rapping and he was kind of hot he um he was rhyming over a uh a uh what was that a tribe called quest beat or something that uh just blaze flipped and freaked and then hove came in and put it on his mixtape and joe felt like he was dissing him and all this other shit so he felt so he'd been holding on to this you know this hurt for shit maybe what 20 years almost 19 years or something and he finally you know maul introduced him to hove and they finally linked up and shit and jay-z was just like so what so you know when uh joe was pouring out his heart about how he felt and felt slighted and all this and then he felt like maul kind of maul was laughing about that because it was just like oh, let let the shit go you know i was like yeah so like nigga move on like let that hurt go and so that's where their issue came from and I don't know where the fuck the issue came from with Rory. I, I, I'm not too invested in that. But like I said, just the snippets that I heard and from other YouTubers and podcasters talking about the issue. But, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, if that's much money's involved. Like these dudes was getting so much money that because uh, I was listening to their response. I listened to it in whole because Joe just be all over the place. Like he, he, he was talking about on the episode that they came back because they sat out a few that few episodes and then he talked them into coming back and then he started talking about how he don't have to respect his friends i was like nigga what you don't you don't have to respect your friends like what the fuck is that about like that's tough but um anyways so they they were talking about how much money they were getting they didn't say the exact figure but they was getting so much money where uh the staff who like films and you know records the audio and edits the audio and things like that and uh you know gives them topics and whatever uh they felt like they were underpaid and overworked so rory and ma was talking about well you know we could just chill you know you can just take our salaries or our checks you know from a you know a few episodes and start paying those guys a little bit better you know kind of bump up their pay i was like damn they getting paid like that from what i heard it was uh like 10 million or something like that um they got off the spotify deal then when that ended 
I think it might have doubled up with Patreon or something like that. So maybe about 20 mil. But those are just just rumors that I heard. But there's a lot of people getting paid. I know there's some folks out there who's getting, you know, six, you know, uh, what, nine figures for podcasting. So I don't I don't know how you're going to do that. But shit, I'm, let me try to go ahead and get in that lane. But the reason that I bring this up is. Uh, that's why I do this podcast by myself. Y'all see how sporadic these episodes are just because life happens and things of that sorts. But when I want to work, I want to work. You know what I'm saying? I don't want, you know, too many hands in the pot. And then all of a sudden, you know, feelings get involved. Uh, people want to do something this way and like, oh, well, we should start doing it this way or that way. Or I used to like it like this. And, uh, you know, I, I just feel like, you know, you be cutting me off and blah, blah, blah. You know, egos get involved and then, you know, just all kind of silly shit. And it's just, you know, this I can control because it's just me. Like you'll hear um, me having like guests on here, like So Sassy and the homeboy uh, Brandon and things like that. And the homeboy Juice and then my people, you know, you. but it'll just be sporadically. You know, it's not going to be, you know, a weekly thing and things of that sort. It's not going to be, you know, every single week that I'm going to have some people on because, you know, I just like to sit up here and chop up game and it's therapeutic for me. And uh, I'm not a control freak, but it's one of those things where if something goes wrong with the show um, or something goes good with the show, but mainly if something goes wrong, it's going to fall on me and just me. You know, I couldn't bear the um, uh, seeing somebody else catch some hail, you know, just because they had a slip of the tongue or something like that on the pod or um you know just said something that uh, you know listeners didn't like y'all didn't like so is but it's just comforting for me to know that i can come down to my office flip open this laptop you know get my mic and my headphones plugged in and then i can just you know chop up game with y'all you know what i'm saying that's just a good feeling you know and then if i did a solo show if i had you know other co-hosts and then people like well, why are you doing a solo show you know why why you didn't just call us over and you know it's just too much it's too much you know i don't want no employees you know i just want to hold down the fort myself but um let me see what else i was going to talk about on here let me pull these notes back up uh we did just have uh, as far as omaha news we just had the mayoral race and the city council race and uh we all knew mean gene was going to win you know after jasmine harris barely lost that primary uh, to uh, R.J. Neary as a you know a challenger uh, to uh, Mean Gene because this is her third so this is her third term but uh, she just blew him out the water I think she beat him by almost like twenty seven thousand votes or something like that and uh, so we just knew that was happening because she uh, her husband just killed himself for being overworked and stressed out about COVID which is wild to me because this woman wouldn't even issue a mask mandate and you know that she used to be a nurse an rn you know what i'm saying before she jumped into being in the city council and being our mayor she was a nurse she was rn and so i'm like you don't believe you so you put political party over science and your schooling you know what i'm saying and your your husband took his own life and you knew how stressed he was working during covid and shit like that and you still didn't issue a mass mandate because you chose party over people which is disgusting but um she had that going for her and the 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 challenger rj neary nobody knew shit about him we just knew like oh okay this nigga's in in real estate 
that's it his platform was very weak and i just feel like um jasmine harris she would have took it if there wasn't another sister running that uh kamara uh whatever i forgot her name but uh there was another sister running and she was talking about how she was friends with mayor stop and i'm like we don't need mean gene and blackface you know what i'm saying with a black face we don't need that at all we don't need you know mean gene with black skin we don't need that you know we don't need mean gene part two but um i think i absolutely believe if that uh kamara lady didn't run jasmine harris would have definitely took it because rj neary even though he got you know he put hundreds of thousands of dollars into his campaign to win that primary i mean jasmine had the streets behind her she had the people behind her and uh, it just sucks that not too many of us turned out to vote in the primary you know what i'm saying to get our candidate up there but um you know uh Juanita Johnson she won in our district for district two and you know what was kind of fucked up is Ben Gray you know how he uh conceded and then he went to um was it KETV or WOWT I think it was KETV channel seven he went there and uh he was just talking about well some things happened and you know I think uh the people just kind of took it out on me and blamed me so that's you know that's why I lost I'm like damn you couldn't you know you couldn't even talk about how great her platform was and shit like that you just said that people voted you out because of spike and it's like no it's not because of spice because your ass been sitting in that seat for far too long and doing a whole bunch of nothing i knew this i knew we had to get this nigga up out the paint when uh shit was getting hot in the streets was this about four years ago about 2017 uh 2016 2017 when the streets was getting real real hot it was just like a you know people was getting clapped like every fucking weekend and uh this nigga did a remake with some ogs around the hood and some uh, other young black folks uh this nigga did a remake of self-destruction the, the the rap video like lip syncing self-destruction i'm like nigga this is your solution a lip syncing rap video like if you know, like that's when i knew we got to get this nigga up out the paint like it, it like like ben gray you gotta go you gotta get out the way get the fuck on up out of here like that was just some silly shit and y'all didn't even know the words and i mean it's a terrible video if i can find the video i'll link it let me go ahead and just put that in the show notes too um let's see here and then also cammy watkins for district three which is the midtown downtown area she almost won she almost won um but what was fucked up is them dirty ass omaha police officers association the opoa they were mailing out this flyer so willie horton ass type mailer um and it was talking about let me pull that up real quick let me see here bear with me yeah it was a mailer talking about no police no protection no peace in cammy watkins omaha no one is safe in red letters where it says no one is safe and then it's like a, a city block on fire with two people like or some firefighters or something but i don't know it's shadowy figures you know trying to fight this fire and uh and it was basically she was talking about defunding the police or abolish the police and she 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 was on um she was on a uh, forum I, I don't know if it was noise or if it was the culture house i don't know which uh black omaha forum she was on like a zoom thing and they were talking about 
uh, you know, if you want to abolish the police, you know, give it a thumbs up. And she kind of gave like a, a middle thumb. Like she kind of kept her thumb in the middle because she said it was more complicated than, uh, you know, just getting rid of police altogether. And uh, then she finally, I think she finally gave a thumbs up or something like that. And, uh, you know, the OPOA, they're very comedic. I don't know who runs that Facebook page, but they pulled that same shit exactly four years ago when the brother uh, Deshaun Cunningham, who I've been in many protests with um, before me and the wife settled down back when we were still dating. We used to be out in these streets tough. Um, So, you know, I know him pretty well. And so. They ran. He was running for a city council, and they uh, ran a smear campaign against him uh, because he used to have a, a, a agency called FTP, and it was for the po- it was for the people, and um, or st- or film the police or whatever, and uh, and it was like a police shield, and it had FTP Omaha, Nebraska up underneath it, right? And so uh, they were trying to shit on him about. A letter he wrote to his mother or something like that. He he was having issues with his mama, and he wrote her a a, a letter cursing her out and some shit like that. And um, and they called it like a terroristic threats or some shit like that. And I think his mama's white. Uh, his brother's mixed. His uh, so he was having some issues with her and got his feelings off in a letter. And then they they kind of tried to run a smear campaign against him, talking about he was a. Uh, he uh, he uh, he wrote a felony terroristic threat. He had a felony terroristic threat case that got bust down to a misdemeanor charge, which allowed him to avoid jail time for a threatening letter he had sent to his mother. So we ask you, do you think Deshaun Cunningham portrays the ability to be a leader for our city and make educated decisions regarding issues? Or will he eventually go the route he went previously and begin threatening others to try and intimidate them? to give into what he wants you mean like a police officer like a detective does get the fuck out of here and they said remember to exercise your right to vote and let your voice be heard when selecting your representatives and then they posted pictures of him with that ftp shirt then there's a picture of him holding a, a gun and i'm just like aren't you guys pro second amendment like so when a uh even though he's mixed so he so you see a black man holding a gun he can't do that they posted that picture up there like he was some thug or some shit like that and i was just like okay like you guys really like really putting it on but uh fuck opoa like fuck them they they always do this shit every single time when somebody comes out and criticizes them they start putting out flyers and then putting all this money out of where they getting this money from we know exactly where the fuck they're getting this money from from the goddamn police budget the city budget it takes up so much fucking money and from federal money too you know when uh what was that when good old uh obama signed into that that blue law or whatever and uh gave all that money and them supplies to these different police agencies and shit like this and this is a lot of times uh they get the money from uh you know that uh that oversight when it's just like oh they've been whooping black folks ass or they've been killing black folks and beating uh latinx or uh latinos asses left and right so we're gonna give them some more money for some sensitivity training and all they do is throw on a video about frederick Douglass or some shit like that and then uh they spend you know they they pay a little overtime for them to be in that class for an hour and talk about okay i won't beat no niggas ass and then uh the rest of that money goes towards shit like this smear campaigns and bullshit like this 
So this is why, you know, we need to defund the police. I don't think we need to abolish them, but we need to defund them. And speaking of defunding, when are we going to abolish Mega Saver? God damn, can we get rid of these fucking Mega Savers? There was, there's one that just popped up. If you don't, if you ain't from uh, the old uh, Mega Savers, this bullshit ass gas station, and it's like in black and lime green letters, and it's just, it don't matter if it's down north or out west, like every single one is just dirty as fuck. Yeah, I mean, you walk in there and it just looks like a liquor store mixed with a fireworks stand. It just looks terrible in there. They got drive through windows at every single one. Ain't one of them bitches nice. It don't matter if you in the black neighborhood. Don't matter if you in, you know, little Mexico. Don't matter if you out west with them white folks. All of them are nasty. I cannot stand the Mega Saver gas stations and every fucking time, don't matter where you at in the city, the poorest part or the richest part, if a Mega Saver out there, there's going to be heavy police presence. So we need to abolish Mega Savers. I get so fucking tired of seeing them dirty ass stores. I don't know who fucking running it. I feel like it's like a, like, I don't know. I just feel like it's like a Middle Eastern, like, mob that runs that shit. Like, it's just, like, it's a front. Like, it's just so fucking filthy. Like, all of them are fucking filthy. They, like, like, if I was dying of thirst, I would just, I would just drink my own piss and keep recycling it. If, like, a mega saver just popped up on a desert island and I was there, I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna drink my own piss. Then when I get tired of drinking my own piss, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go out by seawater. You know, I'm going to see how salty it is and if it's going to drive me crazy because fuck Mega Saver. But um, anyways, let's see what else is going on. Oh, I forgot to talk about this on that last episode last month about that uh, KFAB host that got uh, fired. Let me see here. Uh, Let me pull it up. Oh, here we go. Chris Baker. Yeah, so this is, uh, yeah, this was right when I posted last month's episode, that April episode of Do Rags and Boat Shoes. Um, so it was a tweet he sent out, and uh, he's a quote unquote KFAB is like conservative talk radio here in the city, and it's actually owned by iHeartRadio. And so basically, Chris Baker, he, de- he deleted the tweet. But um, he posted this tweet of uh, this is right when the uh, Derek Chauvin uh, verdict came back of guilty. So he typed out guilty exclamation point and then he put an image of uh, four black men in like, uh, you know, like tribesmen and like loincloths and body paints. And then it's like them dancing, but he sped it up. But like the, the gif. And I'm not saying fucking GIF is GIF. The guy who created it, uh, is is he said it's GIF, okay? It's GIF. It's not GIF. All right. I know it's GIF, but he said the guy created it said it's GIF, okay? And y'all can look that up online. But anyways, um, so it sped up and they're like dancing and stuff in a circle, and it, he put guilty, and I'm just like, yo, what the fuck? And so he tried to hurry up and delete it, but screenshots are forever. So people start going at iHeartRadio like, yo, what the fuck are you going to do? And so um, so basically 
uh, the an executive at uh, iHeartRadio, Taylor Wallet. Uh, Wallet. He was talking about that. Please know this does not represent our viewpoint or our values, and we take this situation very seriously. Uh, accordingly, uh, Chris Baker's employment with our company has been terminated, and uh, nobody returned the calls. You know when people were asking about it, and uh, there was a uh, actual you know Omaha uh, places like uh, the advertisers like Fernando's. They were like, Nah, we ain't gonna you know continue uh marketing with them and it was one of those things where it's just like what the fuck like just you know i think it's that whole trumpism thing just kind of rolls over where it just kind of you know comes out to the forefront and you know people get tired of talking in dog whistles and it's just like let me just be flat out racist but he could have been auditioning for a spot in hell since um rush limbaugh died so he could have been doing that, but I don't know what he's up to now uh, since he got fired. But this was like right when I posted that episode. And I was like, God damn it. I couldn't even talk about that. But uh, yeah, I should have had Chris Baker holding this L, but it's just so far back. So fuck that. And I actually uh, got a familiar guest holding this L. And speaking of conservatives, I want you guys to uh, keep an eye on this uh, think tank called Heritage Action. This is a think tank that takes pride in rolling back Americans' rights to vote. And uh, basically, they write the bills for, um, you know, politicians to go out on the floor and basically push for uh, politicians up on Capitol Hill and for governors. So we've seen what happened in Georgia with that rollback. And uh, that was Heritage Action for America. And you look at the name, Heritage Action action for america so this is basically a conservative think tank and you just look at the name and you're like okay the heritage that you're uh you know that you want to uphold is american heritage and what does that mean it means white supremacy um so that's all that that means you just look at these names heritage action for america but i want you to really kind of take uh keep an eye on this think tank and um so right now, um, their their the whole thing is to um, even though they got a black person on here uh, on this page, this is like a stock photo talking about become a sentinel, join the fight, and all this other shit. But um, let's look at some of the issues though. No title twenty, no title uh, ten money for abortionists. Uh, reject critical race theory. Um, so let's look at the toolkit for that. Save our elections. Stop Biden's radical nominees. Uh, oppose socialist health care. Um, immigration. Born alive abortion survivors. Um, let's see here. Equality Act. And they put that in um, quotations. Let's see. Talking about the liberal agenda. But let's look at reject critical race theory. They said critical race theory makes race uh, the lens uh, through which its proponents analyze all ex- aspects of American life, right? So we know race is the fabric, the foundation of America, right? But they're talking about um, American life. So critical race theory 
underpins identity politics and ongoing effort to reimagine the United States as a nation driven by racial groups, each with specific claims on victimization. Ultimately, critical race theory weakens the public and private bonds that create trust and allow for civic engagement. Okay, so basically, they're talking about they don't want to tell the truth, and then so then they start bringing up, um, they start bringing up like Karl Marx. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like okay. So they they talk then they start lying. There is no absolute truth in critical race theory. Only a competing narrative. It sees quote unquote lived experiences as mattering more than facts. If your lived experience ain't a fact, I, what the fuck is a lived experience then? So people just running around here lying, black folks just lying about what they've been through. Individuals are either an oppressor or a victim. You are predetermined by immutable characteristics such as race to fall into either category. Culture is defined by groups exercising power over each other. America is systemically racist and must be dismantled. It sees America as having been founded on the system of capitalism, which is racist and therefore must be disrupted. Um, Critical race theory actually is just what it is. It's critical. Like it's like it's it's critical thinking, like actually getting into racism and why it happens. You see what I'm saying? And it actually listens to the victims of racism, white supremacy. So then here's their take action. So conservatives should submit public comment uh, opposing these proposed priorities for the American history and civics education programs. So then they have a link for you to submit your comment. And then uh, they have different links on how to fight um, uh, uh, critical race theory. And this is, you know, uh, Dr. Wilson, she talked about this. She talked about how once um, the, the dominant society's number starts dwindling, and that white supremacist class of the diamond society, they're going to do everything in their power to, you know, hold on and fight to hold to grasp on to the what little power that they have because it's slipping away. And uh, what's funny is a lot of non-white people are just waking up and they're calling bullshit. You know what I'm saying? They're not going through and letting the public school educate them anymore you know what i'm saying there's so many people who got lost in the system so many people that still running around here lost in the sauce you know okay christopher columbus discovered america george washington was the first president abraham lincoln freed the slaves um dr king had a dream and that's it you know what i'm saying so uh it's just that whole big lie so it's like the curtain being pulled back on the wizard on the yellow brick road in the wizard of oz so just keep an eye on that um that think tank there's so many of these think tanks uh all across the united states and it's just meant to strip back uh people's rights miseducate your kids and not tell the truth about how America is built on the system of racism, white supremacy. That's the the whole of the founding fathers. All of them were white supremacists. Like there's documents 
basically just saying that this is going to be uh, a land for white men that's it like this is the it's the craziest shit to try to get rid of critical race theory in k-12 through education so that's why it's so important for you to teach your children about what's really going on because they're about to be miseducated as shit and this group is the same group that's been responsible for stripping those um voting rights rolling back those voting rights uh back uh, down there in Georgia because they seen how Stacey Abrams was moving and getting everybody registered to vote and um, basically turning over turning around this whole election this presidential election so um, yeah but that's all these um, think tanks are are just white supremacist groups that's all that they are to try to remain and stay in power uh, you know clawing and just trying to hold on for dear life and uh, create an apartheid state that's pretty much what it boils down to and um yeah so just keep an eye on this group here like it's just a shadow organization and it tries to you know hide behind very bland wording and things like that but once you break it down and read through it you're like oh okay yeah this is nothing but white supremacist talking points let's see here but i'm gonna leave it to my nigga hove because I've been talking for almost, what, 40 minutes, 41, 42 minutes. So I'm going to leave it to my nigga Hove. Hove, what you got to say? Don't be the next contestant on that Summer Jam screen. I smoke rocks. I smoke rocks. All right. Thank you so much. <clears throat> Excuse me. Thank you so much, Tyrone Biggums, for that lovely intro of selling hope like damn dope. Um, we have to give it to the Omaha Police uh, Department, the OPD. They released, finally part of the video of uh kenneth greedy um jones his execution video and his brother was killed it was his back in december and now it's uh may i think they released it what a couple weeks ago something like that and uh this brother was shot down running from the police they made it seem like when he hopped out the car he flashed his gun on them now he did have a pistol on him but he was running away from them they hawked him down and shot him when he was running away from them trying to get away from them goddamn cops them cops pulled up on some bullshit they was already on 10 so they was ready to do some shit so with the release of this video i know this summer about to get real hot as far as people taking to the streets and um you know making it do what it do and that video is just tough to watch they up here you know bamming on the windows and shit like that like it's a fucking traffic stop and then they're like show me your hands show me your hands show your hands and then he gets out the car and he still's not showing them their their hands and they're like gun he has a gun or some shit like that and he's running away from them he's like oh shit let me get the fuck on up out of here and they just hawk him down they shoot him down when he's actually running from them he's not to facing towards them reaching in his pocket or some shit like that he's running away from them if y'all see that video y'all know exactly what i'm talking about and uh omaha police uh department ran up here you know they ran with that narrative oh you know he wouldn't show his hands and he had a gun and so you just thinking okay you know maybe he flashed a gun when it was in the car or some shit like that this nigga is running away he's running away and these two niggas shot him in his back hawked him down and shot him in his back and it's just like what the fuck and what's so crazy is how the justice system here worked they had a whole ass uh the same jury reviewing all of these cases where 
people died in uh, Omaha police custody for the past few years and um, uh, and they just ran through every case in one sitting and was like nope not guilty nope didn't find any wrongdoing no wrongdoing no wrongdoings they just they used the same fucking jury and um did that bullshit so the though so the jig was up the fix is in and i know coming up we have a new um what is it 2022 we'll have the uh elections for uh douglas county attorney and we need to get don klein on about the paint you know he he pulled that bullshit back when uh james scurlock got killed when he was murdered in cold blood and they tried to say it was self-defense and then uh, they did the special jury and they found all those goddamn facebook messages of jake garner he was looking to kill somebody that night and um yeah, and then he came out and did that whole party switch because he was a Democrat. Then he's like, oh, shit, I'm going to just come on out with it and stop being a fox. I'm going to be a wolf. You know, he went and joined the Republican Party and the mayor was there and all these other uh, elected officials who are Republicans were out here congratulating him and shit like that. And uh, it, it's time to get these people on up out the paint. It's time to exercise our vote. And I just wish more people would come out and vote because you just i look at the the primary with the uh, uh the mayoral race like we really could have had jasmine harris uh she she really would have put up a great fight against uh mean gene and it would have been a lot closer and she probably would have won if if black folks would have saw that a black woman was running for mayor uh, i think all the black omaha would have showed up who 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 all the black Omahaans who are registered to vote would have showed up and voted for her. She had a great platform and she's a very genuine person. Um, but yeah, they came out here with that lie and they, and it took so long and the family been fighting, uh, the family of, um, Kenneth Jones greedy. Um, they kept on coming out, you know, fighting and fighting to get that footage. And they finally got it. And you see that they shot that this man was running away like they couldn't tase cuz in the back they just went straight to lethal force and there's a video that's going around right now on the web where this um white woman is in front of this black cop and she's arguing with somebody and the black cop is telling the white woman you know just go on about your business then all of a sudden she pulled out her uh her uh her pink uh flapjacks and her pussy like she moons the people uh, that she was arguing with and the cop is like all right that's it so she about to get hit with indecent exposure but then she starts running from the cop and you know what the cop does she runs after her and then she doesn't shoot her in the back she hits her with the taser in the back she doesn't kill this woman okay so she if she has that wherewithal you know why the fuck can't y'all do that you know what i'm saying like what is this giant ass fear that y'all have of black folks like it's crazy like it'll be a white man out here with a knife in his hand threatening to slice a fucking cop's throat and coming towards them and they're like hey 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 calm down hey hey calm down but a black man running from your ass is getting shot in the back it's fucking crazy and i just you know you know there's gonna be a lot of protests coming up and um and i know the people for um James Scurlock family, I know they ain't done yet. They wrote a letter to uh, Gene Stothard, and it's an amazing letter. Let me uh, find it and pull it up real quick. Y'all just bear with me here. Let me see if I can find this letter uh, when they found out she got reelected. Let me see here. Oh, here we go. And so this was uh, 
the Justice for James people. So um, rest in peace to James Scurlock. But they said to Mayor Stothard, Justice for James understands the impact of personal human loss. It's the reason we began this work almost a year ago now to sit with the Scurlock family and see their pain and grief amplified across the nation in a way no family should ever have to experience drove us to action. To have James Scurlock rest in power taken from all of us so violently drove this community to do a brand new thing that Omaha had not seen before. It deepened our compassion for community, for equity, for real change. It made us better humans. And I agree with that. Um, you have recently experienced a deeply, deeply personal loss. Y'all remember this, the mayor, she, her husband killed himself because he was under pressure uh, from his job. And then he caught a DUI and shit like that. But uh, you have recently experienced a deeply personal loss. We understand. We understand better than most because uh, where some like yourself can take all the time you need to deal with that loss to truly grieve and come back when you when you're ready. That option doesn't exist for black families, for brown families. We lose family, friends, neighbors daily with no empathy from Omaha. We lose ourselves and are then blamed for that lost with no condolences from the people in office that say they uh, they care. James Scurlock was killed for believing black people don't deserve to die unjustly. That's an experience unique to black people, specifically the Scurlock family who we do this work for and with. This happened in your city. Mayor Stothard, now that you have experienced a glimpse of what we have, we hope it makes you a better mayor. Now that you have been uh now that you have been a bystander to gun violence, which comes in many forms, we hope that it, it makes you more uh, makes you a more compassionate human to the people who have seen worse more often. Maybe now you can see yourself in the black Omahans that have been um, demanding structural political change. Maybe now you can see yourself in the brown Omahans that ask again and again for mental health awareness, uh, mental health services, because trauma like yours, like ours, isn't easily forgotten. Just maybe you understand that gated community or not, none of us are exempt from the human experience and you aren't unlike the people you rarely serve. Mm. With your third term, you have another chance to do this work for all of Omaha. You have another four years to connect with people you found no reason to connect with before. We hope you had you take that chance so we can transform this seemingly adversarial, uh, adversarial relationship into a partnership that strengthens this city. Omaha knows who we are and what are we and what we are willing to do to create to create change. The choice is yours. Always in community. Hashtag justice for James. Like, that's a scathing letter, boy. Like that that third paragraph though, when they said, "Now that you experienced a glimpse of what we have, we hope it makes you a better mayor." Man, that's it. Then that last sentence in that uh, paragraph. Um, it says, "Just maybe you understand that gated community or not, none of us are exempt from the human experience, and you aren't unlike the people you rarely serve." Boy, that cut deep because she don't do a goddamn thing down north or over south, you know, in Little Mexico or Black Omaha. So, yeah, so hopefully um, that letter gets to her. Um, hopefully it, it shows, you know, hopefully it reaches home because she is a victim of gun violence with her husband killing himself, you know, by a pistol. And, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. But like I said, the street's going to be just like it was in 2020 um, last summer. You know, just because this this came out with, uh, you know, greedy and 
then it's just you know a lot of bullshit still going on in this goddamn city and then it, it came out with the whole uh, police chief and his um his retirement is some crazy amount of money people are kind of pissed about that because he ain't done a goddamn thing for uh community police relations and shit like that he's he's a fence sitter when it comes to shit like that like he'll condemn like other police killings but when it comes to here it's always they were doing their jobs and shit like that it's like nah you need to be more transparent and you need to stand on your word you need to be one way or the other it can't nobody nobody can uh, deal with a fucking fence sitter now you could just you know be behind that thin blue line that blue wall or whatever stand firm there but we don't need you tiptoeing back and forth and shit like that you know it sounds good for sound bites and shit like that but get the fuck on up out of here but that's been selling hope like damn dope this portion of do rags and boat shoes has been brought to you by the letter l as in hey yo my guy my hands are full give me a hand here can you hold this l all right so moving on to holding this l we're gonna have to give it to my partner in crime who always ends the summer jam segment of the show for me <clears throat> excuse me it's uh mr uh sean Corey carter okay so he was doing an interview with the uh, Wall Street Journal, right? And uh, he was talking about, you know, I I just feel like Jigga don't belong in these white spaces because that nigga don't know how to talk. Uh, like when you seen him talking with Roger Goodell and shit like that, um, and he was just being just a mumble mouth ass nigga. Just uh, I think we buy us and uh, you know, and uh, you know, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, and he just can't articulate like that. I just feel like he feels very uncomfortable or unworthy of being in white spaces, even though this man is worth over a billion dollars. So he's doing this interview with Wall Street Journal, okay? And the thing is, he starts talking about how he's looking back at some of his hits and he regrets, um, uh, he regrets doing a uh, big pimping he's like that's the exception it was like i can't believe i said that and i kept saying it what type of animal will say these uh, this sort of thing reading it is really harsh now this man calls his own wife a bitch you know you know if you go back and listen to some of his lyrics this is a man like big pimping was just a fun song that's all it was it was just a fun song club banger you know how that goes and I just feel like he was trying to make these white folks comfortable in that interview just in case they brought up his lyrics or he was trying to get the woke mob up off his back. You know, uh, he didn't want to get me too or some shit like that or fuck up his business dealings. But it's like, nigga, you done made the majority of your fortune off of telling these tales. You know what I'm saying? And if Big Pimpin makes you cringe, I'm thinking not mr condo with nothing but con you got a condo with nothing but condoms in it you know same place where the rhymes are invented and all i do is rap and sex imagine how i stroke you see how i was flowing on my last cassette rapid fire like i'm blasting a tech never jam no never get high never run out of ammo okay mr money cash hoes I know they're going to criticize the hook on this song like I give a fuck. I'm just a crook on a song, a.k.a. Mr. Is that your bitch? Don't get mad at me. I don't love him. I fuck him. I don't chase him. I duck him. I replace him with another one. You didn't cringe at that. So, like, what the fuck is going on here? Is that because these were deep cuts? 
You know what I'm saying? You just talking about the commercial hits? Like, nigga, what are we on here? Like, how are you ashamed of your catalog? Like, I just think you're just trying to make these white folks comfortable just because you're in a different stratosphere. You know what I'm saying? Uh, financially. And that's some sucker shit. Like, I've been looking at Jigga Man uh, so funny ever since that whole NFL deal. Talking about we passed kneeling and then it's like, okay, but well, what are you doing to make the NFL accountable for how they treated Kaepernick. He was like, oh, well, we're going to do the halftime show. Nigga, what? Rock Nation is going to produce the halftime show. Nigga, this ain't it. Then, he, then they donated money. Uh, that Rock Nation Foundation donated money to the um, that white woman that be cutting uh, black kids' locks out there in, was that, Chicago or whatever? Like, man, get the fuck on up out of here. You up here cosplaying as Basquiat. I think this nigga's just bored, man. Like, if you that goddamn bored, like, you need to figure out what you need to do with your life. You know, you already made it. You a billionaire. Like, I don't know. Like, focus on music. Like, focus on some up-and-coming artists. You know, groom some other artists. You know, teach them how to, you know, get to the level where you at. But to look back and sit up <coughs> and sit up in front of these white folks and be ashamed of where you, what songs you used to do and where you came from, that it just feels like you're ashamed of where you came from and how you made your money. You know, the streets was always behind you. You know, ever since goddamn Reasonable Doubt, you know, since she was doing Dead Presidents and playing, you know, Monopoly with real money with Biggie. You know, niggas been fucking with you since then with them ugly ass Versace shirts and used to have a bald head. Like, what the fuck is we doing? And you really took off after Big died. You know, niggas was looking for a, a new king of New York and shit like that. And then you really kind of came up out of there after Pac and Big died. And you know, you surpassed Nas. I'm just like... How do you have the audacity to talk about how you were ashamed or of, of a song that you made? And then on top of that, what's even fucked up, you teamed up with UGK on the song. And you reached out to UGK and Pimp C didn't even want to do this shit because he felt like it was too commercial and it was going to fuck up their brand. But Bun B had to convince Pimp C to hop on there. Pimp didn't even want to do that shit. You know what I'm saying? It took forever for him to even shoot the video, Pimp C, because he wanted his bins in the video. And he was like, I'm about to do the most ignorant ass verse that I can do on this goddamn song. And then when you, it was time for you to return the favor to UGK off of uh, Bun B's uh, Trill album, you hopped on that song Get Throw, but you didn't even show up to the video shoot. So they so they had to add another verse in there on your part. Like Jeezy showed up. But you didn't. You weren't going to be able to make it or some shit. You know, I thought that was kind of fucked up. I'm like, okay. But maybe you was trying to just get back at Pimp C for, you know, being so difficult about putting a verse on the song. But now here you are years later talking about that you, you know, have an exception. You can't believe you were saying this and that on that song. But, you know, on that, is that your bitch? You was, you was fucking spazzing out on that shit. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, I just feel like you you cater into the wrong crowd that's what i feel like i feel like you cater into the wrong crowd you trying to live this corporate life and do all this shit it's like bro you already made it like you should be unapologetically jigger like you got all this money like what the fuck do you got to lose the money's already in the bank the cake the check's been cashed ain't no more heavy lifting like that's that bullshit i hate to see black folks move like that i hate to see that when you start shrinking yourself you know and uh when you're in a white space or you you know you speaking to some uh 
you know a white publication and shit and you trying to you know uh dumb it down and not dumb it down but make them more comfortable and you know try to get to the the hard part before they even ask you that you didn't even know if they was gonna ask you about that goddamn song you know what i'm saying that shit comes on now people still be ringing out to it you know what i'm saying it's just like what the fuck are you doing it, it was disgusting to see that i saw that trending on twitter a few days ago and i was just like this that bullshit like that was strike two like you got one more with me you know i still bump the old shit but it's just like nigga damn for real but uh jigga man you gonna have to hold this l get your man you win perfect All right, so moving on to Not All Heroes Wear Capes. We got to give it to the brother Tariq Nasheed for uh, he's done it again with his documentary Buck Breaking. Uh, I bought it what, a couple weeks ago and it took me a couple days to watch it just because it's so long. It's about two and a half hours and it's a documentary that explores like the history of sexual exploitation of black people, you know, by the dominant society. Um, and it, it particularly covers you know the exploitation of black males and um and it talks about you know the ancient forms of sexual exploitation to the modern forms being used on black folks today and uh it, it was great you know um it wasn't on some uh you know uh, a lot of people are lying and saying it was like on some homophobic shit and shit, shit like that it actually exposed you know the the white lgbt community and it talked about different um uh slave masters who were uh who were uh lgbt and it talked about um basically different methods that was used some of it was tough to watch but it was one of those things that needed to be um brought to the forefront because you know right now we're living in a society where you know if you you know even disagree with some shit or you point out some shit they'll call you all kind of you know you're you're this phobic you're that phobic and shit like that and i hope i really hope a documentary like this brings you know black folks together no matter what your sexuality is you know and you just want really want you know our brothers who and sisters and whoever you know don't you know identifies non-binary or whatever you want to call yourself i just want y'all to know that black folks do stand with y'all you know what i'm saying just it's one of those things where i hope that you know people watching this film gain a better understanding of where some people how some people think some way and then how a lot of times sexuality is weaponized against us you know what i'm saying so it was a really good film it had judge joe brown in there uh bishop talbert swan was dropping some good game in there um who else dr phil valentine was in there it's always good hearing him especially uh dr uh, kava uh, kimene uh, aka uh booker t washington and um professor james small always dropping some good game um it was it was really good to just kind of hear that and then how they were breaking down like toxic masculinity and the the myth of that and how it's being used so 
you know the warrior class you know the younger men black men can't will be like disarmed and shit like that and how they experiment on brothers in prison with different chemicals and shit like that and uh yeah it was very in-depth and then going into the history of buck breaking so that's basically taking you know a black male you know on those plantations and putting them in front of um you know his family and other uh black males and you know just basically beating the shit out of them and raping them you know and just torturing them and sometimes even killing them in front of you know the other enslaved africans and then they also talked about even before uh slavery um how a lot of times they would have like uh, uh eunuchs you know um you know uh, men who had their their balls chopped off and shit like that and had them as uh like servants and shit of that sort it, it was disturbing to watch i just wish it would have kind of went in deeper like in the book uh, delectable negro how it broke down how a lot of times uh you know folks were like chopping off penises and thinking that their you know uh, white folks were doing that and thinking that they could uh get people's powers and life force and shit like that but uh it touched on it briefly but i wish it just would have went a little bit deeper but there was so much that they covered from the past up until present day and just how you know they have a lot of you know they push a lot of stuff on black folks first you know we like to test dummies and then they start you know doing it you know to other groups and uh dr uh kaba kenmane aka booker is uh booker t uh washington he he was talking about how you know how they practice these techniques on their own women first how white men did that practices on their own women he's talking about they should be even more mad than black folks because they were the actual you know they they tested a lot of different theories and uh shit like that and sexual moves and exploitation exploit exploitive moves on them first before they tried it out on enslaved africans and black folks so it's a very good documentary um it's not on some some gay bashing uh some old transphobic shit it's not on any of that it's just boom it's just facts it's just stating facts through and through i watched it a couple times just to catch so many gems that they were dropping in there so it was very in-depth everybody really did their homework in it and it's a it's a great watch it's a great watch i would recommend y'all go to amazon and buy it or um, go to buckbreakingmovie.com to get it um very good documentary series it's a tough thing to watch but i, I feel like it's a, a definitely a necessity for you know like young black teens to watch boys and girls um just so they'll know you know how the diamond society can come at you from different ways it's not just going to be you know um calling you a nigga and all this other shit it could be you know sexually exploiting you and things like that as they come into adulthood so it'd be a great movie for like junior high kids and high schoolers to watch so yeah uh, i knew about a lot of this stuff but it also you know shine light on a lot a lot of um things that i didn't know and so uh that that would be a good one to watch buck breaking and also pick up the book delectable negro that is a disturbing book but it's very good a lot of good information in there and uh basically you know talking about cannibalism with uh the slave masters and just how they would devour and keep parts of uh people and we learned about that in the move um remember that that group in the 80s the move uh a group when uh, that the black liberation group when they they bombed 
the apartment building we seen that some of the bodies of the children that was in that building was actually the remains were actually being held at some museum or some shit they had it just sitting in the back room or something they didn't even bury the, the body so who knows what else what other pieces that they took from people and that's just something sick to do to you know take somebody's remains you know what i'm saying that's just disgusting but definitely pick up buck breaking definitely um read the book delectable negro and just get a sense of how the system comes at you from every fucking way that's that's what i got from buck breaking is just how it comes at you from every fucking angle even sexually you know and every the whole purpose is to keep you you know confused and focused on the wrong shit instead of focusing on trying to produce justice and equity for your people all right so moving on to health over wealth you know what i say without your health you cannot enjoy your wealth and i've been listening to some old dom kennedy um, if y'all know who Dom Kennedy is, he's a, a rapper from out west in California, out in L.A. Um, he's always he's on a few songs with Nip, rest in peace. But I always listen to some old, um, some old. Uh, hopefully y'all didn't hear that whistle, but that was my wife sending me a text, and that's on the goddamn. Uh, I'm recording on my MacBook, and you know how you link your text messages up and shit like that but anyways um so i've been listening to some old dom kennedy love just sitting back and just listening to his shit because he just sounds like he's freestyling over beats and uh he has a line and one of these this this is shit uh man how old is this song i think this song is from like 2011 that platinum chanel <laughs> excuse me and um and he's talking about uh he's talking about selling fake weed or whatever and uh you know trying to get into the dope game but he has this these bars that's just very inspirational and he said ain't no one way in it's try and fail the game has its ups and downs you buy and sell this is like the towards the end of the first verse and he's talking about like selling oregano joints like actual oregano and um you know selling it to people and shit like that and he's talking about like jumping into the dope game and shit like that but i look at it like you're jumping into as far as just me being on the on my square biz shit just jumping into a new endeavor um trying something new um coming up with your exit strategy to stop working a nine to five to actually build your own empire you know ain't no one way in you know it's try and fail you know there there's not a actual blueprint to follow it's just try and fail you know let me do it this way okay boom it's either a lesson or a blessing you know what i'm saying and then the game has its ups and downs you buy and sell you know sometimes you just need to cop and blow you know get in and get out you know while the getting's good kind of like um you know the stock market you know some hot stock boom all right let me get in boom all right i didn't triple my money let me hurry up and sell because i think it's about to crash you know what i'm saying so it's one of those things um just with life itself so if you're jumping in on a new endeavor um you know hey ain't no one way in it's try and fail so the song is called platinum chanel by uh, dom kennedy and it's just such a laid-back song you know i just get in my little modes like you know, I just want to listen to some old shit and just kind of kind of vibe out. You know, Dom Kennedy is one of them rappers that you can just press play and it's just a smooth beat and it just sound like he freestyling and shit. And he'll say some funny shit. You know, it kind of reminds me of um, of a West Coast little flip, you know, a little flip be rhyming um, down there in Texas. Them Cloverfield niggas, you know, how they Cloverleaf niggas and um, 
yeah it's just a it's just dope ass song but it's platinum chanel and i'll link it in the show notes but um that has been episode 185 of do rags and boat shoes and um i got another episode coming up 186 um and that'll have so sassy she's on it um so i'll have that up at the end of the week too so y'all have a couple episodes this week so um just feels like uh i'm in a good groove right now with the podcast so um nothing but love and respect to y'all out there you know as always i love y'all peace